สวัสดีครับพี่นันทีรักในประคริตทุกท่าน Hello everybody ก็เราดีใจมากที่ได้มีโอกาสมาคริสตจักรแห่งนี้นะครับ We're glad that we can come to this church today แล้วก็ดงขับคุณท่านอาจารย์เจฟที่ได้ให้โอกาสเรามาเบ่งบานด้วยนะครับ Thank you Pastor Jeff for letting us come to this church today So there is a little taste of what Thai is like for you guys and my daughter who's translating for that um, I am Mark this is my beautiful wife Sunny Uh, who is not Thai? She is South Korean, but we met in Thailand in language school. Uh, this is I'll let my oldest introduce herself. My name is Ella, and I'm eight, almost nine, and I'm in third grade. Isn't it amazing when you're young like this? You're like almost nine. You know, when you're getting older, you're like you're trying to hold on to that younger age until your <laughs> or your birthday or something. And who are you? My name is Annie. And I am seven years old, and I am I am in first first grade. So these are my little ones. It's amazing. Yeah, you can you know these are wonderful little MKs. They are. These are my little MKs. It's amazing. Uh, I I grew up in Montana originally. We live uh, while we're here. We do live in the Seattle area, uh, but. Um, my wife is obviously born in South Korea. This one was born also in South Korea, and at 52 days old, we went down to Thailand. This one was born in Thailand. I am the only one. She's the only. She wants to say that she's the only one born in Thailand. That is correct. In the whole entire family. In the whole entire family, but it's amazing in our, our immediate family. I am the only one born in America. That's what's always fascinating. So we are completely an international uh, family. You have three countries uh, of birth, anyway, represented here. So it is great to be with you guys. I, I want to, you know, during COVID, we all went through COVID. Uh, you know, it ministries closed, but you know what happened? Ministry never closed, and I want my wife to talk about. What happened for us in Thailand during that time? Actually, it was really great to hear what happened yesterday. I mean, it's so excited, like all the kids and teens. God is actually tell something to them through many, many ways. And you know what? In Thailand, that happened too. Um, so during COVID time, everything was closed. We were stuck at home, 24 hours, with these two crazy girls. Because school's not open. <laughs> It was challenging time. But you know what? God opened this huge door for us to be part of. So we were able to work with TAC kids, Thailand Assemblies of God kids. We start to develop all the fun online resources. So I didn't know Thailand has no online resources for kids. I didn't know. I really didn't know. I barely knew about YouTube. The time. I mean, this is four or five years ago, and I realized there's nothing for kids to hear about Jesus during COVID time because everybody's at home, and the the first thing they are watching is TV, right? But there's nothing for kids, Christian kids. So we were like, okay, God, fix this happen, and He chose us to be part of it, and we have been creating so much fun. Online resources. We have worship videos. I mean, it's these girls were part of it too. We have um, Bible lessons. We have um, 
whole Sunday, so you can actually just play, and they have a message and everything, whole three months. There's a lot of fun resources for kids and parents and Sunday school teachers. Um, I mean, it's, I'm grateful that God used us because I have no idea about computer. I am not tech person. I don't know how you do. I can't do it, what you're doing right there behind. But you know what? God uses people. Um, he really uses people just to say yes because he provides everything for you. Um, I just want to share one last thing. So I got a text from this lady who lives in New York uh, through this tech kit. So I was thinking, hmm, all the resources are in Thai. How did this New York lady understands everything and send me this email? And I start to read and I start to cry. So she adopted Thai boy who was five years old at that time. She wants to raise him in Christian family, and yet she doesn't want him to lose his Thai. So she searched all the Christian Thai worship song, Christian uh, Thai uh, activities or whatever. She searched and searched it. She cannot find it for a long time. And tan tan tan, she found our channel, um, and she shared everything with the boy, and he loved it. He loved it. I know, it's grateful. I'm so grateful that God is using these videos way, way more than I was expecting. I started because of my, ki my Thai kids in our church. I don't want them to not hear about Jesus during COVID time. And look at this. God is using this for many different ways. So, but this happened because of you guys, because you guys are praying for us, supporting us in a many different ways. So I just want to say thank you. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. That's my, my beautiful wife. And amazing to see how God uh, used, as I said, a time when ministries were clo closing. And yet the reality was is ministry never closed. It never closed. And it just meant we had to be more creative. We had to think outside the box that we were putting ourselves in. And at this point, just to, to, to do that Tag Kids Worship uh, YouTube channel is the premier YouTube channel in all of Thailand for, ta for, for Christian kids. We have over 50-some worship uh, uh, music videos with dance things for kids, you know, fun, uh, fun stuff, all in Thai. I mean, there's a couple in English that pastors requested just as an icebreaker. We have over 50, I think it's 54 or 55 Bible memorization videos for kids in Thai. Those animations um, that, that, that you might see that are Bible stories, we were able to get permission and translate them into Thai. And so at, at this point, that's what I was looking at real quick. Right now, we have 4,719 subscribers. It's by far the biggest of any, any of those type in Thailand. Which that doesn't sound like a very lot, a lot because it isn't. But as you'll hear a little bit more, in the small niches of Thai, even smaller kids, and the smallest by far Christian, it again is a premiere. And it's just amazing how God used somebody who goes, God, why? And God says, you do it. And she goes, but I don't know how, but I guess I'll do it. And look what's happened. It's just amazing how God has done that. Um, you could check it out on there if you had a phone, but I will tell you, you're not going to understand anything. Just, just saying. 
So if we go to the next slide, uh, as, as missionaries, we are jacks of all trades. So we work with all generations. You heard about kids, but in what we do, we have always worked with, with kids, youth, adults, uh, the, you know, their grandparents and great-grandparents. We've gone in uh, middle class and urban poor areas in, per in particular. Um, but our main focus, if we go to the next slide, is church planting. Uh, and even in the midst of COVID, we were able to plant this small house church. There's about five believers there, uh, as last I know. Ying and Yo, who are uh, over on the top right there that I'm, I'm praying with, are the leaders, and especially uh, Yo, um, who uh, God really encountered him during COVID when he was going to go do something illegal, and God, in a dream, told, told him, no, don't do that. And it convicted him, and his friends went and did it, and they got caught by the game warden, and he didn't. And since then, he's been on fire for God, uh, seeking discipleship, and that's part of the growth. And so uh, it's amazing that even in, this, in spite of us not being able to go in for over a year and a half because of COVID restrictions, it's still survived, and it's going. And, uh, and so that's been one of the cool things. Yes. Uh, and so that's, that's a praise report about what we did, even in the midst of all that restrictions. Because we were in Thailand the whole time during COVID. So while you guys didn't have toilet paper... We didn't have eggs, which I think ours was probably easier. I, 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 I could handle not eggs, but man, I love eggs, but I could handle that. Um, but here's an idea. If we go uh, of what Thailand is, so this is where we're going to get into uh, Thailand and then what I want to kind of uh, deal with from the Word of God, too. If we go to that next slide. Thailand is a country uh, about the size of California, but with 70 million people. That's seven zero right? So if you ever were traveling down I-5 in California, and you're like, man, there's a lot of people. This traffic's ridiculous. Times it by two. That's Thailand. In fact, I was talking to kids a little bit, and I knew that it's harder for them to think about it. But if, if Washington State represented it, and we just proportioned everything out, like, you know, your town here, your city here, would probably be about three, four hundred thousand people. But as you look at there, it is maybe not quite 94. It might be a little bit lower, but it's 90-something percent Buddhist. It is probably more like 6 or 7 percent Muslim. And that's 1 percent Christian. But that includes all Christian groups sociologically. What I mean by that is yep, Protestants and Catholics, great, yes. But also Jehovah Witnesses, just like what you, uh, and the Mormons, just like you have your temple over there. Moonies, if some of you know who that was, you know, I mean, any group that Jesus was kind of their main figure, that's what it represents. It's actually about 0.5% Protestant evangelical Christian. Now, some people like stats, and that resonates, but let's put it in a way that might make a little bit more sense. So, if you take Moses Lake, as, as I looked, in the city limits, okay, I, 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 I grant, I know there's a lot of people that live outside the city limits. In the city limits, it's about 26,000 people. If Moses Lake city limits represented Thailand, you'd have 130 Christians. Pretty much this room right now, the kids. That's it. Some of you are going, that sounds about right. You're in Moses Lake. 130. Now, if we take Grant County with its 100,000 people, that's 500 Christians for the whole county. That's it. This is why 
the church sends out missionaries where Christ is not known. This is why we do that. Because I don't believe it's God's heart that Thailand has so few Christians. And what if, I, if there's one thing I want to leave with you here is this next quote. If we go to the next slide. It's, it's, it's one, I love it. It's actually from one of our other missionaries, uh, Alan Johnson, that he wrote once. It said, while all are equally lost, right? You can't get much more lost than Pastor Jeff here or myself because it doesn't say for some have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says what? For all have sinned. So while all are equally lost, not all have equal access to the gospel. And later on, you'll see a little bit more of what that means, particularly in the Thai setting. But to me, that is not God's heart. Because here's the reality. There's a mission going on. It's God's mission. It's not Generations Church missions. It's not Mark and Sonny's mission. It's God's mission to redeem all peoples, of which we get to be participants. And we can see this pretty much from the get-go. So if we go to the next slide, uh, I'm going to, you know, any mission sermon without the Bible kind of being the main thing might not be a mission sermon. So if we go to uh, my first verse here, that we're going to start this journey through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, of seeing God laying the seeds for his redeeming mission in spite of us. His redeeming mission, right? So here in Exodus 19, uh, 3 through 6, it says, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the sons of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, here, here's where it starts to get really good. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to Israel. You are to be for me a kingdom of priests. So as a, as a, as a treasure possession, now God is saying you will be for me a kingdom of priests. What are priests? They're intermediaries between God and the people. So for, for some of us, for some of you more seasoned Bible readers, you're already starting to think the tribe of Levi, right? They were the, the, the priests that were intermediaries between God and the people of Israel. But here God is clearly saying, Israel, as a people, as a nation, you are to be intermediaries between me and all the other peoples around. This is why I've heard, and I think it's probably so true, that Generation Church's favorite book of the Bible is Leviticus. It's not boring, right? Okay, it's a little bit boring, but it is such an important book because it is God helping. It's a fun one, isn't it? Awesome. See, it, then it is your favorite book. But, right, it is God laying the groundwork to help Israel be that blessing to the other nations as a people living under Yahweh. How they were set apart, different from all the other peoples and their idolatry. 
God was showing them what it meant and how to live as a people under God. But God laid this groundwork already, even before Genesis. Even before. If we go to the next slide, it's right here in, in Genesis 12. Now, let's put it in perspective. Genesis 1 through 11, we're kind of going through this roller coaster ride of God's graciousness and humanity's fallenness, right? Creation, I'm going to call it the second most gracious act of God. And what does humanity go and do? We sin, right? And then Cain killing Abel, you're kind of like, ooh. What's guy going to do? And there's Seth. So the story moves on. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. Ooh, not so cool, not so cool. Humanity is so bad that God is going to destroy all of humanity and the animals in the flood, right? And it's kind of like, uh-oh. And again, God is gracious and finds a, a righteous man in his family. Spares the human race and the animals as well. That's why I can go hunting with my daughter and eat some deer. So I'm left after the flood going, here we go, awesome, blank slate, and then we read Tower of Babel. For anybody who's ever learned another language, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, just take me in the flood, God. Let me confuse you a little bit. Ma, 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 ma. Okay, so the verb to come is ma. Ma is horse. Ma is dog. Ma is do- uh, ma, excuse me, is doctor. Ma is pot. Are you seeing a pattern of potential problems if you get that tone wrong? You go to the doctor and you call him or her a pot or a dog or a horse. You might need to get another doctor. Let me confuse you a little bit more. Cow, 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 cow. I'm helping you a little bit with that. They're short and long vowels. Anybody get confused by that? Okay, let me confuse you more. Cow is the verb to, to enter. I said it short. Then there's cow, which is a he, she uh, pronoun. Cow, which is knee. Then you have cow, which is rice. Cow, which is white. Cow, which is news. God, take me in the flood, please. So we're left out of the Tower of Babel going, what is God going to do? And right here is where we're going to see what the rest of the Bible, what we get to see in, in Exodus, is all about. And the Lord had said to Abram, a few chapters later, Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will uh, bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Here's the kicker. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. For some of you more seasoned Bible readers who are already thinking who the ultimate blessing was, Jesus Christ, through Abraham. Let's back it up just a little bit to what we just read of how God wanted to use Israel as that kingdom of priests to bless all those people by representing Yahweh and what it meant to live under Yahweh. But when I read the Old Testament, did they do a good job of that? I'm going to say no. You have that cycle of judges, right, where the judge, when they're with the judge, they seem to be doing good. That judge died. They went back and died idolatry. 
paid the consequences, cried out to God, got another judge, they did fine, another judge died again, and it just kept cycle after cycle. Then they got kings, and, you know, those two, two and three were okay. And then it split, right? And if you, I mean, I remember in Bible school, they'd even have this. Every single king, this was like the main thing that you'd get with every single king in the north, did evil in the eyes of the Lord, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Every single king in the Lord did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And the south was hit and miss. But the story that gets me, the story of Jonah. This is one of my favorite, one of my favorite books, actually. It's very small. It's easy, quick read. But what you have is you have this prophet of God. He's an Israelite, so it's a part of it. The privilege that he has, not the duty, the privilege he has to be a people of God, but he's also a prophet of God. And God says, hey, go to this huge town, main, one of the main cities in the Assyrian Empire, these people who would take these butcher hooks when they conquered a nation and immigrate everybody, oftentimes with these butcher hooks, oftentimes killing many of them, hated, idolatrous people. I need you to tell them something for me. Prophet, right? This is his job. And he goes, nope. Goes in the opposite direction. He pays money to get on the boat and go the opposite direction. Now, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor, okay? I do think, though, it's safe to say it does not pay it is not good. You do not get a good return to pay to run away from God. Your return might be the belly of an orca. Right? We're Washington, so we can still say orca, even though that's a little ways away. It's not that far away. And I can still see him going. I mean, he thought he was going to die. Gets thrown over that water in that huge storm. He knows he's going to die. But I still think he goes, and I'm not going to have to go to Assyria. Or I'm not, and Nineveh. Right? And then what does God say? Nope. So he's in that belly way. He just realizes there's no way he, has to, he can avoid this. So I can still see him getting spit up and dragging his feet going, okay, I'll go. And he goes and he says, hey, Nineveh, destruction's coming. 40 days, destruction's coming. It's not like a lot of the other prophets were repent or this was, it's coming. And then he walks outside the town to see the city be destroyed, probably. But something amazing happens. The people humbled themselves from the king all the way to the bottom. They put sackcloth on animals. That must have been torture. On animals. That's how much they were trying to repent. They said, we don't know if God were let, but we got to do this. And God sees this humility, and he spares 120,000. That's a huge mega city in those days. And he spares them. It's an amazing story at the end of chapter 3, right there. Right there. If it ended right there, it's amazing. But it doesn't end there, does it? Who do we have over here? We have Jonah. And he's what? He's angry at God for saving 120,000 people who are now proclaiming God as Yahweh. Either he didn't understand what it meant to be a people of God and a prophet. Or what seems even more likely is that he didn't care. I knew you were a merciful God. That's why I didn't want to go. That's what he wrote. That's, what, that's what's written. That's what he said. And yet here's the amazing thing. Despite Jonah's failure, despite Israel's failure, God never failed. And still using the Israelites, hundreds of years after Jonah, he sent his one and only son who came down lived a perfect life. We're about to, we're starting with Lent and, and, and all that to celebrate that. 
who came down, lived that perfect life, died on the cross and rose again and gave us a charge. Right? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Therefore, if you feel like it because religion's a personal thing, so if you feel like it, go ahead and maybe tell people about me, maybe, but oh, that's up to you. Is that what it goes? Is that how it goes? Therefore, therefore is an imperative. Go! An imperative uh, verb. Go! And make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son. Now we, the church, the people of God, it is now our privilege to represent Yahweh to all the peoples of the earth. Folks, we read the Bible wrong. We read these stories wrong. We read what God is doing throughout the whole Bible wrong. If we sit in our, in our seats and we write uh, checks to missionaries and we don't do something for our own community. We also read it wrong if all we do is stuff for our community and we forget about the 3.4 billion people in the world today who do not have a near neighbor witness, meaning they do not have a Christian nearby that tell them about Jesus. We are not a local church, and we're not a global church. We're a global church. We are a part of the local community, and we're a part of the global community. You called me a partner, but to, the reality is, is we're not just your partners. Missionaries are your sons and your daughters. They come from the local church. I was called sitting in church, churches just like this. We are your sons and your daughters, sometimes your moms and your dads, your brothers and your sisters, your nephews and your nieces. We are not only partners, we are you. There is no way that we can untie the body of Christ of which missionaries and the local church are equally a part of. This is why you guys as you go out to your community, are also sending Sonny and I and many other missionaries. This is what we're specifically doing, why we're in Thailand. If you go to the next slide, 7,400 subdistricts. Think of it like school districts that's dotted all around. Remember, this is the size of California, but 70 million people. So there's tons of people all over. 5,200 of those school district-sized areas do not have a single church. All that red right now that you can see on, on this, all that red is today people not even having the opportunity to praise God in a community because there is not a church that is meeting today. This is why Sonny and I focus specifically on changing that map from red to green by starting to plant churches. If we go to the next slide, one particular place that we really hope to go is this small province about an hour, 15, hour and a half away from Bangkok. 260,000 people. So it's actually a small, it's actually smaller geographically and population-wise uh, province, but close to Bangkok where, where we live. 260,000 people. You see that? Four churches. For your 26,000 city limits, how many churches do you guys have here? Much more than four, huh? 12, 15 for your 26,000. Let's 
times 10, that's 260,000, and they only have four churches. We want to continue to partner in collaboration with our Thailand Assemblies of God brothers and sisters. We have two different locations with two different Thailand Assemblies of God pastors that we're really hoping, they're actually almost in complete opposite areas, that we're really hoping to start house churches to change that map and to implant a missional DNA. That's the hardest thing, is to implant a missional DNA that will not just see two growth, but that those churches would go out and would go out and would go out. That's what our hope is as we go out, is to church plant. And not only in Nakane Oak, but to inspire our Thai pastors and their lay workers and to work alongside and walk alongside them in that. If we go to that next slide, this is actually one of those locations. Uh, there, there's a, a, um, a Thai lady who is from the area. She, w- she moved to Bangkok to go to school, got saved, got radically saved, and, and stayed in Bangkok and worked with the, the church for a long time. And then when her father passed away, she moved back. And we're really hoping to work with her in starting to plant a church because all churches pretty much start out as a house cell church. I guarantee you this church start out in a small group. Uh, whether, whether this was a spur of another church 50 years ago or not, that church was, right? But the history of the church, if you go down, pretty much all churches start out as a house-type church. And that's what we want to uh, uh, do, is to change that map. If you go to the, the next slide, I want to end here. And as you kind of look at it, hopefully you'll see the the foreshadowing that Exodus 19 had into here. When it says, but you are a chosen people. Now, Peter is not just talking to whoever his audience was then. This is the Bible inspired to us. He is talking to Generations Church right now. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You guys are God's special possession. How amazing is it? But he gave us a charge. For many of you, it's to be a part of this community. For some of you, it may be to go to Thailand or some other country. But you guys are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who brought you and me out of darkness and into his wonderful light. As you guys go out all over Grant County to share the light of Jesus to people who need him, would you continue to walk alongside with us, with Sonny, with Ella, with Annie, as we go to share the light of Jesus? to a people who so desperately need it. Thank you so much.